Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Scott Pauling. True and lasting joy is only found in Jesus Christ, and God has designed the Christian life so that those who follow Him will not only enjoy the destination, they can also enjoy the journey. You see, we're all travelers in this world, and God has many wonderful truths to teach us along the way. For the next few moments, we turn our attention to the Word of God, the only roadmap for this journey. You'll find additional study helps and resources online at scottpauley.org. Join us now as we study the Scriptures together. It is our prayer that you will enjoy the journey. There's no doubt that life is a journey. We're all at some mile marker along the way. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 7, the Lord sent a message to one of His children, one of His servants by the name of Elijah. And He said to him, The journey is too great for thee. Let me just tell you, if the journey was too great for Elijah, the journey is too great for me. And the journey is too great for you. And yet, God is great enough for the journey. That's why we've chosen to call our study Enjoying the Journey. Because we believe that in Jesus Christ, we find the joy and the strength we need for every step, for every day, every decision, every crossroads in life. So wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you're dealing with today, I want to tell you on the authority of the Word of God that Jesus Christ wants to make His joy a living reality in your heart and life. And we're beginning our study in the book of Philippians, this book of Christian joy. And the last time we studied together, we looked at the 17 occasions where you find some use of the word joy or rejoice. I hope you have them marked in your Bible. And that would be very good to do if you've not done so already. I've spent a great deal of time in the book of Philippians. But the beautiful thing is, every time I go back to it, like all the Word of God, it's like a deep mine. And every time you go back, you find something fresh and new. Oh, it's been there all along. But you never exhaust eternal truth. And there's so much that God has for us just by meditating on Scripture. I've come to two primary conclusions from the book of Philippians about Jesus' joy. One is that it has a source, a singular source. And that source is God Himself. The second conclusion is that this joy is to be shared. You see, life is about relationships. The first is vertical, the second is horizontal. In other words, this joy begins Godward. You have to have the right relationship with the Lord. But then once you have that, it's going to affect every relationship in your life. What's in your heart is going to affect your home. What is in your soul is going to affect your relationships on the job and in the neighborhood with every person you meet. You see, this joy is not something you bottle up and keep inside. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. And that was evident in the joyful life of a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. And he wanted it to be true in the lives of believers in a city called Philippi. Let's just begin where God begins through the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul writes, Paul and Timotheus the servants of Jesus Christ 
to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy. Let's stop there today. Let's stop with that great word, joy. Because the first four verses give us a beautiful introduction, not only to this letter, but to the life of joy. It's very interesting to me, but in these opening verses, you have several pairs, things that God puts in twos. He couples them together. For example, you'll notice first of all that there are two servants mentioned here. We say Paul wrote the book, and indeed we believe he did under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I find it interesting that when Paul mentions himself, he does not mention himself by himself. Instead, he writes Paul and Timotheus. It's a reminder that we need each other. And I don't care who you are. Every one of us needs a Paul, and every one of us needs a Timothy. Every one of us needs someone who will pour into our lives and teach and instruct And every one of us needs someone that we can do the same thing for, that we can encourage and exhort and bring along. Throughout the Word of God, you'll often find God putting men in pairs. So you have people like Elijah and Elisha, or you have Moses and Joshua, or here you have Paul and Timothy. Remember, it's a Bible principle that two are better than one. And so the Lord gives family and the Lord gives friendship. Uh, This is evident In the life of a husband and wife, God puts two together so that they can serve the Lord alongside one another as companions. And may I say to you, if you have someone God's placed in your life to serve the Lord alongside, rejoice in that. Thank God for that. And work to develop those kind of friendships. So you have two servants, Paul and Timothy. And then you have two locations. Now don't miss this. The Bible says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi. Would you mark in your Bible, or at least in your thinking, in Christ Jesus at Philippi? Notice that there is a spiritual location and there is a geographical location. The geographical location, of course, is obvious. They are at Philippi. But the spiritual location is more important. In fact, it's mentioned before the geographical location. He says you are in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful truth. In another one of Paul's letters, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 6, he writes, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you today? Geographically, right now, what town are you in? What city? Uh, what, uh, what area of the country or world are you in? All right, that's your geographical location. But friend, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to tell you, this is a happy thought. This is a joyful truth that wherever you are right now geographically, spiritually, you're seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places at this moment. Think of this. Even while Christ was on earth, He was in heaven. He testified that way in the gospel records. Well, may I tell you the same thing is true for his followers. Even while you're here on earth, spiritually, you're in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And that, my friends, ought to provide today some joy for the journey. And may the Lord help you to rejoice 
in the reality of who you are and whose you are. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Enjoying the Journey. The only thing that matters in this world and in eternity is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, would you repent of your sin and by faith take Him as your Savior? Friend, God loves you and Jesus died for you. He died for your sins and rose from the dead so that you could have eternal life. You do not have to journey alone. Jesus will come into your life to be your constant companion. Simply pray, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. God promises that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you do know Christ as your Savior, He wants you to walk closely with Him. It is the only way to enjoy the journey. You may listen to today's Bible message again, as well as others in this series. Simply visit scottpauley.org today for resources that will encourage your faith and equip you to take the next step for Christ. If you have made a decision today or would like additional help, we would love to hear from you. Email us at connect at scottpauley.org or write to us at 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, Beckley, West Virginia, 25801. We will continue studying the Word of God together next time. And until then, may God help you to enjoy the journey.